life have been scared, maybe scared to death, maybe scared to laughter, maybe scared to cry. But as Brent was relating earlier, fear can be a pretty overwhelming and compelling emotion. Probably one of the most overwhelming kind of emotions, one of the most debilitating emotions is fear. Many of us have experienced the fear of failure, of being unwilling to try new things because we're very afraid that we might fail. The reason we lock our doors, most of us, we call it caution today, but most often, and rightly so, we need to be cautious, but by and large it's because of fear, because of what could happen if we do not. I know many people that won't answer the telephone with their name out of fear. Also caution, but out of fear because of things that have happened before. Maybe an obscene phone call. They don't want to give their name out. Or we have fear of what may or may not happen in our lives. And we have fear of what the person next to you may be thinking of you. What your mate may think of you. You may ask yourself, how in the world does anybody get up in front of people and do these things? I could never do that. I'm afraid. We're going to look at things today that I think can help you in your life overcome fear. Have you ever thought, wouldn't it be nice to live life without fear? Have you ever dreamed that? seems like a dream world, doesn't it? To be able to live in a world where there's no fear. To be able to live your life without being afraid. That is possible. It is possible. It's a process. But it's possible. And God's words gives us answer Answers today to live our life above fear without being afraid. I'd like to read you a verse this morning out of Psalms 112. We're going to cover four areas this morning that are common to all of us. You may or may not turn to these this morning if you like. I'll just read these to you. It is so easy for me to get afraid. Fear is uh, an emotion that I've had to learn to manage. Some of us, what we talked about last week with anxiety, it's maybe a major emotion of our life. Some of the emotions we're going to talk about in the weeks to come may be a major emotion with you. But fear in my life has been one of the major emotions in my life to learn, to manage, and to deal with. God's way. The first fear that I think is most common to most of us is the fear of the unknown or the fear of the uncertainty of tomorrow. We don't have a crystal ball. You know, it would be nice, but we don't. We can't see what tomorrow holds for our life. We can't see what thing may or may not happen in our life. And I'll tell you, many, many people are crippled by a fear of what tomorrow holds for them. Afraid of an automobile accident. Afraid that a loved one will die. Afraid that they'll lose their job. Afraid that they'll lose their children. Afraid that they'll lose their mate. Just all kinds of... Afraid of the economy. Afraid of where the country's going. Psalm 112, in the Living Bible, verse 7 and 8, says, He does not fear bad news, nor live in dread of what may happen, for He has settled in His mind that God will take care of him. That is why he is not afraid, but calmly faces his foes. 
I think there's some real dynamics here in this verse that God wants to bring to light into your life, into your everyday life. Here the psalmist says something. I mean, imagine for yourself for a moment if you could really say this. If you were the one who had penned this. I will not fear bad news and I won't live in dread of what might happen. For I have settled in my mind that God will take care of me. That is why I am not afraid. But I calmly face life. Wouldn't that be nice? How many stomach aches, back pains, headaches would we not have to deal with if we could stay calm? If we could stay calm. Well, the secret is what we talked about, if you were here with us, in our previous series. God will take care of you. God cares about you. He cares about the things you go through. He said to His disciples, do not be afraid, little flock. To God, we're His little flock. And He doesn't want you to be fearful. He knows there's things that can cause you great fear in the world that we live in today. But we can come to a settled conviction in our mind that we don't have to live in dread of what tomorrow may hold. We don't have to live in dread of the bad news that we seem to hear all the time. But we can settle, and this is very important. Have you settled? Have you settled in your mind? Finish, settled, that God will take care of me. Last week, I had something that brought fear to my little heart. I was having a normal Saturday. We were having some friends over that we had not seen for quite a while. And I always like to go out and check the mail. Everyone likes to get mail. So I went out to the mailbox, and there was just some advertisement and one little white envelope that said, Iowa Department of Revenue and Finance. And interpreted that means IRS. And it looked kind of official and I thought to myself, must be advertisement, or they probably sent me some money. I was trying to believe the best. And so I opened it up as I was walking up our long driveway into the house, sat down, felt my stomach drop down to my feet as I read this half-form letter, half-handwritten letter, that, Dear Mr. Darling, your 1986 taxes are being reviewed. Please supply us with this information. And I thought, listen, I have never made enough for anybody to review me. <clears throat> and I thought to myself, what has happened? You know? And immediately, I, I have to be honest, immediately I was in a state of panic. Immediately in my mind, at least five things came to my mind. What if I didn't clean something? Oh, they're trying to pick on pastors. I know they are. They're going to hang me out to dry. They're going to set an example of me. There, and, and see, it said they wanted my Minnesota form, and I didn't have a 1986 Minnesota form. Well, maybe I was supposed to have a 1986 Minnesota form. And my heart was pounding. Well, usually the way I deal with that is I call people on the phone and find out right away what it's about. But I couldn't, because it was Saturday. And so, I wrestled with that. I, I tried to put a cap on it, you know, because the next morning I'm sharing on anxiety. See? <laughs> So I'm really trying to put a cork in that bottle, you know, and it just got poosh, blew out. I tried to go down and watch a game with my son, and poosh, it blow out, blew up, and, and my wife was in the bedroom resting, and I went and said, Kathy, boy, I'm nervous. I said, this has really got my stomach turning. 
I said, what, you know, what if they, they want my 1987 taxes and all the receipts and what if it turns into this great big thing? You know, boy, I tell you, the mind just can do a number on you, can't your emotions. And then I, then as I began to think, I started chuckling and said, you know, God, you sure have a sense of humor. You know, I was all psyched for this tomorrow morning, you know, all ready to go on anxiety. And you had to throw this one at me, you know. It also brought fear to my heart. That's why I'm sharing it today. I was a little bit fearful. And um, I read this verse. And I thought to myself, okay, yeah, that's true. Well, then, of course, well, I don't know. This could be a special occasion. Oh, then I thought, well, but i got to settle this or I'm not going to have any kind of a day the rest of the day. Uh, then I went back over, yeah, but, you know, you better get concerned about this because this is a serious thing. You know, well, and I walked back over here and said to myself, well, you know, listen, what can I do? What can I do about it? You know, God, He's just going to have to take care of me. And, I, and I'm not supposed to live in dread of bad things. And uh, so, Lord, I just commit this to You. And I just paused for a moment with my wife and we prayed. She always encourages me. She's always so logical and rational. Do you know, honey, I mean, what can you do? Just don't worry about it. I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure it's just something simple. And I thought, how illogical, how irrational. You know, the IRS doesn't send anything to anybody that isn't serious. So, I went on about my week. About Sunday, fine. I just forgot about it. So I, I just put this baby on the shelf. God will have to deal with it. And I'll call them Monday morning. So I called Monday morning, and uh, God, He wanted to carry this for all it was worth. Oh, I'm sorry, the lady needed to speak was on vacation till Thursday. And I thought, that's kind of interesting, Thursday's my birthday, maybe I'm going to get a really bad birthday present. So, okay, I'll have to wait till she gets back. Thursday comes along, the week went rolling along, and Thursday came, and I got a phone call, and and the woman on the other said, Hello, Mr. Darling. I said, Yes, this is Mark Darling. She said, This is Sharon Salazar with the IRS. I said, Good morning, Sharon. I said, I got to really? Good morning, Sharon. How was your vacation? And she said, Well, it was wonderful. Thank you. So nice of you to ask. I said, Yeah, they go so fast, don't they? And she said, Yes, they do. I said, Well, Sharon, I said, Listen, I want to give you my fullest cooperation. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure what you need. There was a few questions I had. So, uh, would you be able to help me? And she said, why, sure, I'd be able to help you. I said, well, what is it exactly that you wanted? Oh, she said, we just uh, weren't sure, because your return was a little late, we weren't sure how long you were a resident in Iowa, so we just needed records of your residency. I said, oh, well, I lived in Iowa all, up, all through 1986, and I moved at 5 o'clock New Year's Eve. So I was there the whole year. She goes, oh, well, that's simple enough. Just, just throw the letter away. We'll send out that giant dollar sixty-five refund right away. Okay. And I was all emotional about that. Isn't that like the Lord? You know, the Lord, He does. He takes care of us. He gets involved with our life. I've been involved in things that have been bigger than that. They've turned out to be more serious than that. But this verse is a verse that my wife always reminds me of that helps me deal with my fear and my apprehension. That I don't have to live in dread of what might happen. I don't have to live in fear because God will take care of me. I'm sure all of you remember as a small child, your mother or father, driving in a storm, riding in the car. I remember if it was my mother driving, 
I always sat up with my eyes as wide as they could be. I don't know what it was, the protective nature of this young son, or if I was really nervous. I'm not going to say. But when my father drove, I would curl up. We had this old, one of these big older Cadillacs when I was a real little kid. And I would curl up in the well there where the floorboard was and just go to sleep and wake up at home. Because I knew that my father had everything under control. Boy, wouldn't it be nice to live that way as an adult? Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't we, we'd stay younger. We'd stay healthier. We'd feel better. Life would be a lot more enjoyable. You look at your kids. You know, they're so cheerful. They're so happy-go-lucky. Very few things really get them really emotional and real upset other than getting hurt or little minor things. They live in such trust. This is what God wants for you and I. So the first thing is to realize that God cares and to settle in your mind that you don't have to live in fear of what might happen. The second one that I think is a difficult one that we all encounter is the, the fear of facing present problems. Problems that are facing us right in the face. And the fear of being alone. I'd like you uh, to read to you a verse in Psalm 46. I'm sharing with you actually today some verses that have been the mainstay of my life in the last 12 years. I read these verses more than any other verses probably in the whole Bible. In Psalm 46, verse 1, says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore I will not fear though the earth gives away and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea though its waters roar and foam and its mountains quake with the surging. The Living Bible says, God is my refuge and very present help even though the world blows up and everything goes to pieces. I won't worry or be afraid. Now, we look at that verse, and often in the time when maybe it's that time that we have to read or to think, we, we're calm, we relax. But what happens when we get in the midst of it, and our world really does appear to be falling apart? Some of us have experienced that. Some of us have experienced the trauma of, of separation or divorce or the fear of the future or being alone. Or we have a problem right now that's facing us and we don't know how to deal with it, and we have nowhere to turn. That is what a refuge is. A refuge is a time, a place to go in time of trouble. A refuge is a shelter and a protection from the difficulties of life, and every one of us need a refuge. I have found in the nine and a half years I've been married, in the twelve years that I've known the Lord, that there has been no other refuge that is sure, that is steady, that is stable, that is reliable other than God. And we try to look at friends. We try to go to friends for refuge. We try to go to loved ones for refuge. Maybe we get secure in our job. Maybe we get secure in the way things are going. And all of a sudden something comes along that really rocks the boat and our life begins to crumble in front of us. You need to know that God is a refuge for you. God never gives up on you. God is always there right when you need Him, right where you are. I got a phone call last night from my youngest brother, Oliver, and uh, it was so encouraging to get this phone call from him. 
because he was so excited about something that happened. And uh, he rarely calls me about things like this. I was just really encouraged. He said, Mark, he said, uh, well, how are you doing? I said, oh, I'm doing fine, Oliver. I said, how are you? He said, great. He said, I just had to call you up and share this with you, Mark. And coming from my brother Oliver, this was very significant. He said, um, about the middle of the summer, I got a letter from school. My brother goes to school in Grand Rapids, Michigan, to a private school there. He's studying music and accounting. And he said, I got a letter, and it was uh, some updating on tuition fees and other things like that and scholarship funds. And he said, I was busy. And uh, he said, so I put it up on the shelf. And uh, last Thursday night, he said, I picked it up and I, I read through it. And he said, I was reading through this letter and I got to the point that says um, something like we regret to inform you that tuitions have gone up this year and your, your fee for this year is going to be $9,200 for one year, well, nine months. And he said, my mouth dropped open, I dropped the paper. He said, I was instantly bummed, really bummed. He said, one of the grants I had, they just took away from me. And he said, and he's been working really hard this summer, saving up. And he said, but my goodness, they want to charge $3,100 alone for room and board. He said, that went up about $2,000. And he said, Mark said, I didn't know what to do. There's no way I could go. He said, it was too late. To, I thought about going to Iowa State. I thought about putting my application in there. One of the reasons he's going there is because he's got some scholarships that really help him out there, but that's a lot of money. And he said, Mark, he said... I was really, I didn't know what to do. And I know my brother Oliver, and that's really true. And he said, but you know, I remembered, I remembered what you were sharing about the last time I was up there, about God cares. And the song that you sang this Sunday has been going through my mind, right where I am, right when I need to know that someone cares, right when I am. So he said, after I, I was really discouraged, really depressed, he said, I just prayed. I said, Lord... I need your help. I need your help right now. I don't know what to do. And he said, God brought to mind that I had talked to the pastor of the church that I go to there, and he had mentioned that if he and his wife were able to find a home, that, uh, and it was big enough, that maybe I could live with them. So he said, I thought I'd call. Now, we're going to get to this a little later, but for my brother, that was a real milestone because he's usually not that aggressive. You know? That takes a lot of guts just to have one conversation with someone and then to call up and say, well, hey, can I live with you? So he did. And the guy said, Oliver, he said, we'd love to do it. The house we got isn't right. It's not big enough. We only have one bathroom and it just won't work out. So my brother said, I hung up. And he said, I thought, well, I'm just going to pray again. So he went to God again and God brought to mind a music teacher that he had and his wife that didn't have any children, had a, a large home and, and they were very good friends. So he said, I called him up and he said, Oliver, he said, that'd be wonderful. He said, well, let me, I better check with Marge. He said, so let me call you back. So he talked to his wife. They called him back. He said, Oliver, that'd be great. That'd be wonderful. And then he said to Oliver, he said, by the way, are you thinking about working this year still? Oliver said, yeah, I sure am. He said, well, I'll set up an interview for you. I can get you a job at Rogers. And Rogers is like a Dayton's. My brother's really into fashion. He's worked at a clothing store. It was really his desire when he got back to school to work at this clothing store. And here, unbeknownst to him, this guy had worked there, knew the manager, said, I'll get you a job there. God is a very present 
help to us right now. Right now. He's very active in our lives. He cares about the smallest care. I was visiting with Susan Dury last night. She's the, she and her husband are in the band. And she was sharing with me, they've been out house hunting. And she was sharing with me that last week as Jean was taking them out looking for homes, that as they were driving to the next home they were going to look out, little Ryan had described to her the home that he wanted. And he said, Mommy, I want a blue house with white trim and a sandbox in the backyard and a, in a garage. And, you know, that, that's quite a request. The next house they went to was a blue house with white trim with a garage that's old, they're going to put a new one up for them and paint it the color of the house and there's a built-in sandbox in the backyard. That's the one they decided on. Not because of those reasons. Those were Ryan's reasons. They had other reasons and God honored those. God is very present. Another version says He's abundantly available for help in tight places. God is available to you right now, today, moment by moment, whatever it is you're going through. I think the third greatest fear is the fear of being alone. I don't know about you, but sometimes you can be pretty overwhelmed with aloneness, with loneliness, or having to face something by yourself. There's a verse in Joshua 1.9. God tells Joshua, He says, Be bold and strong. Banish fear and doubt. For remember the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I like that. Banish fear and doubt. Get it out. Banish it. Don't let it come around. Why? Because I am with you wherever you go. Do you know one of the number one things that gives me confidence on Sunday morning? I have to manage my emotions just like you have to manage yours. Is the confidence that I have that God is with me wherever I go. God promises in Hebrews never to leave you or forsake you. God is with you whatever you face. God is with you in whatever is going on in your life. God is with you. God is right here with me. And He goes with me wherever I go, whatever I face in life. And I want to tell you, as I've thought about that, that has given me such confidence. See, the opposite of confidence is fear. Fear robs you of confidence. And in life, it's so important that you have confidence. If you're going to perform well on your job, if you're going to perform well as a family, if you're going to perform well as a parent, if you're going to perform well as an individual, you must have confidence. Without confidence, you'll never be able to succeed. And God tells Joshua, in this big task that He gave him to do, to lead all of these grumbling, argumentative people and to conquer all this great land, He said, Joshua, be strong, be courageous, banish fear and doubt. For I am with you wherever you go, and I go before you, and I go behind you, and I go with you. Well, you know, God even lives in us. I don't know if you knew that. When you come to know Christ, God comes in you, and He's with you all the time. Power, God, all the time, with you. All the time. You know how many times maybe you've been alone in your home? You ever been alone, and you hear all these funny noises, these creaks? sounds you know don't you I do too all the other night I was uh, I was downstairs I was watching uh, it was in the news or some late night program and I was sitting there and, and and I had this kind of comfortable chair and I was relaxing there and I hear this 
And I kind of, you know, looked up, felt always, and I laid back down, and I happened to have this cookie in my hand. And I, and, you know, I got to admit, I, I have certain phobias. And one of them is bugs, big bugs. My, now, my brothers, we're, we're really different. My brothers used to catch them, mount them, dissect them. They loved them. I, I was into sports. Athletic guys don't care about bugs. They're afraid of bugs. See? So I, and I don't like bugs. And I'm laying there, all of a sudden I look up, drop my cookie over my mouth, there's this humongous locust hanging from the ceiling right over my head. And I'm thinking, I was paralyzed for a, for a tad. I, I was thinking, if I move, he's going to fly around my head and I'm not going to be able to catch him. You know? Ah! Oh! You know? So, I thought to myself, okay, I need to prepare. So, I, there's a magazine there. Okay, a magazine. So, I roll off the couch and I crawl over to get the magazine. And I jumped into the air and slammed the magazine into the roof. And it only stunned him. I missed. And it kind of half knocked him. So I threw the magazine down on him. Threw them. I didn't want to stomp him because they crunch, you know, under your feet. And that really gives me the, the creepy jeepies. You know? So I threw the magazine down on him. And then I went and got a big wad of Kleenex so I wouldn't have to feel him. See, that's the secret. Get a huge wad and you, you kind of pick it up carefully. Then I flushed him. So I wouldn't have to crunch him more to put him in the wastebasket. But that's not the scariest thing that happened to me recently. The scariest thing is I fell asleep on the couch and the lights were out. This was about two weeks ago. And I'm laying there and, and, and I have the fan going on low and I hear this, I'm a real light sleeper. And I hear this funny noise. So I, I woke up and, and uh, I, I went back, laid back down and I heard this noise again. So I sneak over the light, turn the light on, and there's a bat flying in the living room all around. Oh, man. A bat. Daddy, get out of here. Bat, help me. You know, oh, man. That is a freaky experience. I wanted, That's the second time that's happened to me this summer. I was really paranoid. See, that's why I've been sleeping extra light lately. Because I'm really paranoid that's going to happen again. And this bat's going to go. And so, you know, I remember my friends in a tennis racket. But I thought a tennis racket could be really messy. Then I'd have to clean up the mess. So I, I think it then see my glasses. I am blind without my glasses. They're over on the fireplace mantle. See? So, so I said, Kathy, will you go get my glasses over there? I can't see. So she takes, she's pretty brave. She takes a pillow, puts it, we didn't want to get her hair, you know, runs over, grabs my glasses, runs back, and we get this blanket, and I'm out there in the living room, you know, throwing it at this back, trying to knock him down, you know. Now I have friends, you know, that after they catch something like that, of course I won't go into it, you know what they do. But anyway, I can't do that because, again, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. So I carefully take it out, and I go out, way out in the front, and I throw it way up in the air, and he goes flying off, and then I take the blanket and threw it away. Who wanted to save that blanket? Yuck, you know? So, um, I know what fear of being alone is like. That's why I called him my wife. But God is an ever-present... Hey, you know, that's not really too bad. I told that to my mother when she was up, and she said, well, you know... A friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, she and her husband, one day they woke up in the middle of the night, or one night they woke up in the middle of the night, and there was a bat flying around. He pulled the sheet over his head, wouldn't get out, and made her do it. So I conquered my fear. Yeah, I, I had a lapse there, but I conquered it. You know, God help me. Lord, help me now. You know? God promises that He'll never leave us alone. And God will always be with us all the time. And He really can't help us deal with 
very difficult circumstances. No matter, some of them may seem funny, some of them may seem quite serious. But God is always with us, and we don't ever have to have that sense of feeling so alone. I think the fourth thing, probably the most difficult for some of us, is the fear of the opinions of others. I was busy with my mother last night on the phone, and I'm just so thankful uh, for the parents that God gave me. I was driving. I've been listening to country music lately, kind of getting into country music, trying to pick up ideas for my sermons. Music often reflects what people are thinking about, what's going on. And Ricky Skaggs has a new song called To My Beautiful Lifelong Friends. And it's about his parents, and it's the most touching song I've ever heard about parents. And uh, I was driving to the grocery store, honestly, the other day, and uh, this song came on, and by the time it was the grocery store, I couldn't see the road because I was reflecting on my own parents. I haven't seen my father for quite some time, and uh, I really missed him. But I was fortunate enough that during my developmental years, my formative years, I had a father that was always positive with me, period. I mean, if I wrote something, it was, it was just, it was great. If I sang something, it was great. If I threw a pitch, it was great. My father was not the, my father was a fighter. So he was graceful in the ring, but that was his sport and that's where it stopped. Football, he had kind of a funny way he threw the ball and he had a, a funny way he'd catch the ball. But he went out and bought a catcher's mitt and he would kneel down in those old knees and he would catch for me and catch for me and catch for me. And boy, I was, I was good. You know, I mean, he thought I was good. I don't mean I was good. But I thought I was good because, boy, it just everything I did was wonderful. And he still had a firm hand of discipline. I had the belt on my bottom side uh, as much as anyone, or probably not as much as I deserved, but positive man. Some of us have not had that experience. We've had just the opposite but to one degree or the other, we're afraid of what people think. We're afraid of what people think. A few years ago, in my own life, about four or five years ago, I've not always been the way I am now. My father gave me a good start. But then some things happened in my life, in my mid-twenties, in my marriage, that began to rob me of any kind of confidence. Began to rob myself of confidence. I began to really be afraid. And I have always been basically involved in music since I got involved uh, with church in my Christian life. And um, I remember standing, and I was supposed to announce the song and then you know, share some nice little thought. Well, I was so afraid of what people would think or not think of my nice little thought that I would share, okay, turn to this song, and then I would stand there because I was truly petrified of what people might think. And, and I didn't know what to say. I was just crippled by fear. Crippled by what I thought other people were thinking of me. And in the last five years, God in His grace has been able to work through that and help me manage that area of fear in my life. One of those ways that God has done that is a little verse I'd like to read to you in Psalm 118, verse 6. That says, The Lord is for me, I shall not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me, I shall not fear. What can man do to me? 
Do you know one of the biggest things that we care about is our peers? And if your peers are behind you, it gives you confidence. But if you're afraid of your peer group, if you're afraid of what they think, then you're afraid. You're inhibited. The answer is being more concerned with what God thinks than with what your peers think. You see, what can you possibly do to me? I finally arrived at that conclusion. What can you possibly do to me? You can't affect my relationship with God. You can't change the way my God thinks of me. You can't change the fact that He is for me. You can go and tell Him everything, every deep, dark secret you know about me. And you're not going to change the fact that He's for me. And He loves me. And He's going to use me. Well, I never used to think that. I used to think that God was kind of partial. And that if you did really well, and you're a really good person, kind of like Santa Claus, you didn't pout, you didn't shout, you were a nice boy, then good things happened to you. And if you weren't, bad things happened to you. And so I was very fearful. And boy, I'll tell you, this has had such an impact on my life. Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, is the last section of verses I want to relate to you on this. It says, What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also along with Him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is He that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, and is at the right hand of God, and is also interceding for us. The Bible says, Who can separate us from the love of God? I remember reading that verse for the first time with faith, believing it, thinking, wow, if God is for me, who can be against me? How many of us, if we could take Mike Tyson with us wherever we went, would be afraid? Have you ever thought about that? I like the, the, you know, the Rambo movies, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. I thought, you know, what if I could take the Terminator with me wherever I went? Just my shadow, you know? Kind of walking behind me. When everybody, anybody ever gave me any lip, he just kind of did a Hulk Hogan pose. But you know? I've been working on that in front of the mirror. But i got to put on a little more weight. And, and, you know, all your enemies just run away. Or how many of you were able to see Willow? Remember when Mad Mardigan is fighting off all these guys? All of a sudden, a two-headed monster comes up behind him. And all the people run, and he kind of goes real cocky-like, you know, like these guys are afraid of me. And then he turns around and sees the monster himself. Well, you know, that's how I think of God. I like those pictures. God gave you an imagination for a reason so you could visualize the kind of ways God is. And God is with you all the time. And God is for you. God is for you and no one can be against you. It doesn't matter what the opinion of the person next to you is. It doesn't matter. Believe me, if I really spent much time thinking about what you thought of me, I wouldn't come up here. And for most of you, that's the same reason you wouldn't either. Because it scares you to death. What if you say the wrong thing? What if you look funny? What if you don't look good enough? What if your tie is crooked? I mean, all kinds of things. But you know, it doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter. And if you can learn to live your life with these four convictions, that God will take care of you, that God will never leave you alone, and that God is a refuge to you, and that God is for you all the time. You want to know how much God is for you? God cannot even bring a charge against you Himself if you know Christ. That's what that passage says. So if He's for you, blow off the world. Who cares? Wouldn't it be nice to have that kind of attitude? Some of you just dream, if only I could have that who cares attitude. Who cares? Do you know the key to fear? It's very simple. Fear of God. Fear is very healthy if it's the right individual. It's not that kind of afraid, trembling fear with God. That's the kind of fear we have with circumstance. The fear of God is that respect of Him and what His Word says. <coughs> and a willingness to live by it. You may not know what tomorrow holds, but you know who holds tomorrow. And that's all you need to know. And you can live a life that overcomes fear of dynamic confidence if you'll do these four things we've talked about today. Let's bow our heads. And-